Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never right. been anybody that's right. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yes, good match. No money's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the boat. Hello and welcome to episode 174 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron. Today, joined by Tom Kennett. We got the return of Rory Ford and we have the return of the major himself. UFC special this week. I had to uh, break the news to Alex and Jack that when there is actually the only sporting event available is the UFC, it's kind of their fault for not watching. So they've been been dropped and they've been replaced by two worthy replacements. In Rory and Cam, experience. So, love you both back. Good to be back. Great to be back. It's good to have a reunion of the good old days via Skype. Just for all of those yeah. people worried that we're currently all sat in the <laughs> same room. So I've gone for kind of the usual pod format before we get to the UFC, and I've got the news of the week. Surprisingly. Not too much Corona news this week, which is usually all the headlines we've got, but we do have some classic ones here. So, start off, couple hosts, pants, optional wedding on Zoom amid lockdown. (laughs) You've got to be very desperate to get married to go to that trouble. People will do anything for the ground, won't they, though? Yeah. So, sorry, Rory let me and just, Cam don't have much of an opinion on this, clearly. Let me just re-hear that. It was a pants <laughs> Maybe they were optional. Right. <laughs> pants optional wedding on Zoom. Christ, that's one way to get a divorce filed before you've even <laughs> done your vows. Do you, think you have to people... even specify pants as optional when it's Zoom. Surely you're putting it in your own hands at that point. <laughs> well, maybe someone said, like, you know what, I I'm not sure I haven't put trousers on since the lockdown started. <laughs> you know what? Pants optionally. Now you've got no excuse. <laughs> Similar uh, theme here. Cops raid strip club that tried to open as restaurant with entertainment. <laughs> so the strippers are workers. It is a restaurant, isn't it? You can eat stuff there. Fuck's <laughs> <Like> sake. <laughs> Not supposed to. I'll have it well done, please. <laughs> First trailer for Lifetime's Lorena Bobbitt movie features her throwing the penis out of the car window. <laughs> you got that to look forward to. Increasingly desperate Alex Jones, the uh, activist, not our Alex Jones, 
says he will kill and eat his neighbours. He quotes, I'll admit it. I'm literally looking at my neighbours now going, am I ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up? And you know what? I'm ready. Does sound a bit like our AJ, though, if he gets on the, <laughs> on the wrong side of the bed. You must be in training camp. Protein only. <laughs> We've got the other side of the first uh, headline. The bike. <laughs> Japanese aquarium urges public to video chat eels who are forgetting that humans exist. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that, all the people on furlough, they should be assigned tasks like these. Like draw out of a hat, and you've got to do whatever job that you draw. I didn't know if they're forgetting we exist. <laughs> <laughs> the eels are looking progressively more shocked each time someone walks in. Man gives himself a tattoo a day in lockdown, but he's running out of skin. He's <laughs> <laughs> even furloughed, and he's just keeping himself busy. He's actually a tattoo artist. Woman falls to death uh, from Turkish cliff while posing for a photo to celebrate end of lockdown measures. <laughs> the gram can be lethal. Impossible medical first, breast implants deflect bullets and save Toronto woman's life, doctors say. That's <laughs> like the start of a porn vid. <laughs> Saves her life and then he fucks her. Uh, a man was arrested over the weekend after he, after he reportedly entered the wrong home wearing a gorilla costume and scared a six-year-old girl. <laughs> Even if... Because most of the replies to this were saying it's quite obvious it's a fake gorilla costume, as if you'd be any less startled by a random bloke in a gorilla costume <laughs> charging into your house. <laughs> Five hundred thousand k, five hundred thousand pound bet on rock paper scissors ruled invalid by Quebec court. That's hard. They weren't playing against me. Undefeated. Indian man buys twenty-eight tons of onions and drives eight hundred and sixty-nine miles disguised as an onion seller to beat lockdown. <laughs> That's commitment. What was he going out to do? It's like one of those um, I'm home alone memes. The bloke loading <laughs> up then 828 tons of onions. <laughs> and finally, my favourite headline of the week. Two-headed goat born in Wisconsin. Wow. Fuck's sake. <laughs> you don't get this kind of news anywhere else. Oh, clearly you're getting it from somewhere. <laughs> gathering it up so uh, I'm doing the Lord's work before we get into the UFC 249 card then I've got kind of a spin off of this and I've got the most notable MMA headlines of the last couple of weeks and you can react to them as you see fit first one then Chris Weidman says I'm a bad matchup for future legend Israel Adesanya <laughs> Why is he doing it to himself? I mean, he's never going to get a shot, really, is he? Either, so. I mean, he's become such a joke. You've actually got to win fights, haven't you, to get a shot? And he does not anymore win fights. 
you got to fight to win the fight. So, <laughs> well, he tried to step it up, didn't he? Here and then didn't go well against Dominic Reyes. He got started in about forty seconds. Called yeah. up John Jones for fuck's sake. <laughs> I, I, I low key though, I would watch the uh, if he fought Rockhold. I'd have a, a yeah, rem- in a rematch that, I'd watch that. It, just to see whose chin is more gone. <laughs> We've got a Luke Rockhold headline there later down the list. See who's more chinny. Sweep up the glass before the next fight comes on. <laughs> Rory, would you be more inclined to pay for a Weidman fight if they had a dad cam where you could see his dad <laughs> in a little box like a fan zone? Only if Mike Tyson was pinging his jaw. <laughs> Get his dad mic'd up. As he lands a shotgun, that's my boy. <laughs> and that's still my boy. <laughs> That was so horrible because I'd, I think we had opposite bets. I think you had backed Weidman, if I'm not mistaken, and I'd foolishly bet on Gastelum. Correct, yeah. I was the only um, person on the pod to pick Weidman and watch the first four rounds thinking, what the fuck have I done here? I noticed you didn't reply after someone asked, someone tweeted out saying, what's your worst ever MMA take? And you didn't come in with <laughs> Paolo Costa to beat Johnny Hen- uh, with Johnny Hendricks to beat Paolo Costa. <laughs> I always think you misheard me on that one. <laughs> I've got that card on now, actually. What have we got next? John Lineker has signed a six-fight contract with 1FC and claims he's saving for retirement. He's also said that uh, all other organisations should adopt uh, 1FC's uh, weight-cutting policy. Which is what? Well, there's no... Uh, they have an official weigh-in, but there's no one else present. So, according to skeptics, they make up what the weight is to uh, just make sure that each fight's on. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it's kind of like their testing policy, where they say, "Look, we don't have a specific testing agency, but we might test you. So be aware of that. We might test you." So, if somebody's seven pounds over, they go, hey, "He's weighing at one fifty-five and a half." Yeah. That's just half a pound you're seeing there. Well, they, they don't even like announce the weights afterwards. They just weigh them in. <laughs> Romero will go over there and they'll say, like, he's actually made lightweight. So <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> he's in. Well, that's why um, like Vitor Belfort went straight over there because of their testing policy. I think he's fighting soon, actually. He's from the guy he's fighting is jacked, isn't he? Yeah. Their, it's, they're kind of the most legit freak show and then you'll have like Bare Knuckle FC which is just on another level because <laughs> yeah. they're, they're trying to set up uh, Shannon Briggs against the Mountain <laughs> I thought the Mountain's fighting Eddie Hall you're going to yeah, say that's, that's that super seeder isn't it Shannon yeah. Briggs is going to face him around and then you've got your fight I, heard, I actually read something. Has anybody seen this video of Mike Tyson hitting some pads? I saw it, yeah. And I, saw I have you not seen it this whole fucking week. Yeah, <laughs> and I saw, I saw a comment of somebody saying, yeah, over three rounds, he'd give any heavyweight outside the top five a good fight. <laughs> and somebody said, let's just get him in there with Shannon the Cannon and see how <laughs> those two go against each other. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't want to see two 50-year-old men swinging haymakers at each other. Well, yeah. I first one I saw someone say he could still take Wilder today. Which was... <laughs> so they, they clearly forget how he ended his career, don't they? Yeah. So the next one I saw said, um, isn't he a similar age to um, 
Big John Fury because I'd pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you would pay for that. Absolutely. People going to pay for a Nigel Ben comeback for God's sake. I'd be more interested in a Tyson comeback than a Nigel Ben one. To get him in there with Lennox Lewis again. Let Lennox Lewis slap him about again. What's Danny Williams doing nowadays? (laughs) Isn't he still fighting? I'm sure he's got one of them Moldovan licenses. I bet Audley Harrison would come in for a payday. (laughs) (laughs) For Audley. (laughs) Get you in, get out of there. People always start the Lennox ones, but it doesn't really work because he quickly shuts them down himself. So it's not even like he entertains them. He very quickly usually comes out no, that's not true. I'm not going to be fighting again. You don't need to. It wouldn't, no, even, it wouldn't even like when he was in his prime in the UK, let alone now he can retire. Up next, uh, Leon Edwards says, it's a title shot or, condem- or contender fight next is the only way he'll ever fight again. I think we've, we've He's seen not get a title shot, before. but he should, get a, he should get a contender shot. He should do... Um, but even if he doesn't, I don't think I do. Be the end of him. You gotta feel bad for him. I mean, the Woodley fight would have yeah put him on the mat, and I think he wins that fight as well. I just outside of Woodley, I'm not sure who he fights. Thing is, you, you you can't issue an ultimatum to Dana White because no. you see it in like boxing where you say it, and then you'll see that they have signed a nice new bumper deal. But with the UFC, Dana puts his pride above anything and so you telling him oh look if you don't give me what I want I'm not going to fight again he he seems to take that personally and he literally will make sure that you don't fight again I would actually love to see him fight um, Ponzinibbio but that's not yeah. a contender's fight but I think it'd be a great fight I wanted to see him against Woodley for ages and when Ponzinibbio was fit and Woodley was coming off uh, the loss to Usman i don't know why he didn't pounce all over it because it's a winnable fight and it's one that is going to make him look entertaining as well. Yeah, I mean, Pontanibio and Edwards have both probably won about. Uh, I mean, they they've won as many as I can remember. It must be five or six on the bounce. Last time we it. saw Pontanibio was when he um, he butchered Neil Magny. Yeah, Neil Neil which Magny. Is always nice. Yeah. Mm, Done yeah. over him beating RDA after I was it RDA beat. No, uh, no, it was um, someone that screwed me. Yeah. Um, oh, this is really. Oh uh, no, me. it was um, it was Lee Jingliang, the Lee. That was it. That was it. That was horrible. He beasted him as well. Who was even close? Yeah. Every time yeah. I bat the Lee, he's one that does the opposite to what I bet. Next headline, then Dana White says that. Usman fight for Masvidal is off and he has something else interesting planned for Jorge. Nick Diaz, in my opinion. I wouldn't be shocked if, if it was if he put him against Edwards. Um, I, 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 like I would have liked to have seen that fight after the uh, altercation they had. When he slapped him. Yeah, but I think like now... It's over a Masvidal's, year ago now, isn't Masvidal's it? just got so much mainstream momentum that Edwards is a massive step back in terms of fight oh, yeah, for him. Point. So I, I don't think that's what they would do. I think of the two names that spring to mind would be uh, Nick Diaz or McGregor. I don't think it'll be McGregor. So I would there's say only, Nick Diaz, maybe. 
there's only so long that Usman can go without fighting because he can hold out as much as he wants for whoever it is he wants to get in there with. But you turn down a fight, it doesn't matter who your manager is. I know he is managed by uh, Abdel Aziz, but Dana has shown that he is more than happy to strip you for the basis of an interim fight topping a pay-per-view. Yeah, especially yeah. if they can get a marquee name. Yeah, but he was only... When did he fight? December? Yeah. Not that long he, ago. He tried stripping Woodley less than a month after he'd fought because he turned the <laughs> yeah. fight back. Yeah. Hayes Woodley, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean... Woodley, uh, sorry, Colby Covington was up for fighting Woodley. So would it be a shock if it was Covington against Masvidal? Former teammates, bit of history there. It's a good fight. story, isn't it? That would be good, but Covington and Woodley and Usman are all in the same bracket of claiming they've signed a fight and the other one's a pussy. <laughs> Yet, seemingly, no fight is ever signed. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I think... I, I could see it being Nick Diaz. Um, I think the options would be Nick Diaz, Covington, Usman, McGregor, possibly. And then you kind of... I don't, I, then it's kind of... I don't see any others, really. Because I'd imagine it would have to be an interesting name if considering what he's done recently. I mean, we've been told he beats Canelo in a boxing match, so maybe he's trying to set that up. Any excitement left for a Nick Diaz fight, I think, went for anyone that watched that interview he did with Ariel. Yeah, kind of. But, I mean, people would still watch it, though. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in terms of the intrigue that maybe he is going to come back and be this savage, that kind of has gone out the window. I just don't think he's that bothered. He just really doesn't care, does he? It's the problem. No, I yeah. did watch that video again earlier of Rogan talking about him for like the 10,000th time. <laughs> and he hasn't won a fight in about seven years. No, I think it would look a lot like um, Carlos Condit's comeback. But, I mean, who else is there? That... I mean, he was piecing up Nate, let alone Nick, who's coming off whatever layoff. Yeah. Nick be licking his lips better. That. Nick yeah, yeah, but we're too. talking a long time, aren't we? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> Who's the next on the list? Woodley lost hope with Covington targeting Gilbert Burns fight. What a horrible fight that would be. <laughs> because Gilbert Burns slumped Damian Meyer, people seem to think that Burns is suddenly this like mental striker. <laughs> yeah, I would beat Damian Meyer in a stand-up fight. We've, we've <laughs> been over this multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> when are we going to get the fight that's bird. the question let somebody else chill in first TK let his glass <laughs> deteriorate a little bit more interesting yeah. to see how Woodley looks though considering He's the last a time long, a long way off yeah. a long, long way off and I think it's maybe dawning on him now that he needs to be active because well, he's, he's been so unactive 37 yeah. yeah I think he's 37. so unactive people forget about you and the division's kind of moved on I mean, you're thinking Masvidal, Colby Covington, Usman. You know, like they're the people we talk about when we talk about title shots. We don't really talk about Woodley that much anymore. So Enough. he's less likable every time he opens his mouth as well. I mean, he said he was never ever going to fight Leon Edwards, and then that got signed. <laughs> also, isn't it so interesting though? The first, it seems like this is how it's come off to me that at the first chance Woodley's had to kind of escape that fight with Edwards. He's jumped all over it and has not even mentioned him. 
Well, he said that Edwards has no name, and then he's talking about a fight with Gilbert Burns. <laughs> but he was going to fight him before. He was signed on to fight him, and then it's kind of like he's got this path of where he doesn't have to fight him now, so just doesn't mention him at all. I mean, if he gets beat by Leon Edwards, it wouldn't surprise me if Dana cut him. Leon Edwards is a horrible matchup for just about anyone in the division. He's just not going to win many fans with the way that he fights. Yeah, yeah he's, he's going to be a bit of a decision merchant than he a lot of the time. But you have the same with Usman. He's more exciting than Usman is. Yeah, I so I think, uh, the Colby fight did a lot for Usman because that was just a great fight to watch as well. It was. I was rooting hard for Colby and didn't quite pay off. I mean, if he's getting pieced up by Colby, though, at times, then anyone else that can keep him standing is, is going to be doing well. If you think the eyes that were on that fight, if you've never seen Usman fight before, you probably think he's entertaining. <laughs> yeah. yeah 100%. But, but then again, I mean, like, to be like the most fans would have seen maybe the Woodley fight that he had and on the Colby Covington fight, which are the two polar opposites, aren't they, in terms of what the fights were like. But shows he's quite a versatile fighter. Um, no, so I'd be interested to see him against anyone. I still don't find the Woodley fight boring. I mean, I was just in awe of what he was doing to him. Couldn't really yeah. believe it. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Woodley had, been, had beaten, what, Stephen Thompson twice, Darren Till, KO yeah, Robbie yeah. Waller to beat, win it. He beat Thompson he, once. Drew, the, drew the first one, yeah. But like to do that to that calibre of a fighter... I believe on the on the podcast prior, wasn't it? Didn't Byron say, "Does anyone any one of us actually think Usman can do anything against Woodley?" And we were like, "No." I think Byron's words where he does everything <laughs> like Woodley, just not quite as yeah. good. And we were, yeah, fair enough. I, I also said the same about uh, Rose beating Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> that the line for that was was one of the best though. Yeah, there's only, only one fucking in this fight. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some bad moments on the pod. I remember us all laughing at Uzumir beating uh, Jimmy Manawa, and then he starts him in about 18 seconds. That looked an awful take. <laughs> Uzumir doing the Lord's work for me. <laughs> Jimmy Manawa was calling out Luke Rockhold on Twitter this week. Ugh, horrible. Yeah. Horrible for I would I, like. A bloke that swings from the hip against a bloke with no chin. <laughs> <laughs> and a bloke that can't defend a takedown. So you can see quite easily how both could win. <laughs> Do you know, it's like Luke Rockhold's just that perfect example of just getting so arrogant once he won the belt. And his career's been awful since. I mean, he, he, apparently his leg is literally absolutely battered as well. I mean, like the way Rogan was describing it, it sounded like he had been hung up in a kebab shop and had his legs. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, it was like right down to the bone. It was like horrific. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's just. I'm not sure I've ever seen a bigger decline as fast. Well, yeah. we've, we've had the debate on the podcast before about having a bad chin or a bad defence, and we said that Amir Khan the fact that he gets up each time, his chin is not necessarily bad, but his defence isn't good enough, which is why he constantly gets clipped. Luke Rockhold's defence isn't actually that bad. It's just his chin is one of those that genuinely is. I don't know. You watched the Michael Bisbing fight back and tell me his defence is good, Byron. 
And you are Romero of just lifting your knee up to your hip, <laughs> letting him the, just whack I mean, you as hard the, as he the can. The shots he has been knocked out by have all been absolute whoppers, in fairness. So that, <laughs> uh, if I go back on what I literally just said, we play him in my head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that I'm, big shot isn't even a big shot. So I get your argument. Is maybe the most I've ever cringed at like, the final shot. Because it seems to last an age with him like eyeing him up and running with just uppercutting him against the fence. <laughs> the other way he gets like that. I think the thing with Rock on, I always remember this like the second shot he's taken. You know, like after he's yeah. been like, like he normally gets a free one, doesn't like, he? Yeah, like <laughs> Bisbing hit him a couple times when he was already out like against the fence. Like, so they have to do it, but it was like, oh, well, that's a bit savage. And the same with Romero. Um, yeah, the Romero one was grim. And then didn't um, Blahovic hit him after as well when he literally like turned his head like an owl and then still decided to land one after? Yeah, Blahovic yeah. nearly decapitated him with that left hook. Did you see his trash talk for John Jones last week? I think it was. No. Oh, yeah, the, the, I will. What was it? I will fist I will, you. I will fist you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when Vandele Silva got in there and said I want to fuck with uh, I mean fight Chuck <laughs> when Joel, Joel said uh, there's no gay Jesus <laughs> when did he say that he, it was when he knocked out was it Machida it was someone of that kind of tier um, that was a horrific was, knockout as well. Those yeah, it was, a, it was amazing. His head through the canvas, and he tried saying um, "I love you, Jesus," but his accent sounded like he said, "There's no gay Jesus." <laughs> and, like, the whole crowd just went proper silent. The waiter had like crucified him before he even like repeated himself. He's had some Rogan, like, shockers, just, hasn't he? What, what'd you say? And he was like, and he repeated it, and he was, like, "I'm not sure you're." You're saying what it sounds like you're saying. If it had been in Alabama, they probably would have gone mad. Been, yeah, go on, sir. For the crowd at those bare knuckle events is like the crowd for the wrestling in South Park. <laughs> and so, next headline we've got here Paige Van Zant says nude Instagram posts aren't a publicity stunt. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the, these are the ones she does with her husband? Yeah, they're horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she said she is just that because she's comfortable with who she is now, they're just giving people a glimpse into who they're into what their lives are like. <laughs> I think the thing Fucking is weird. They should they shouldn't even just com- they shouldn't comment on that. When you comment on it, it makes it look like it is more of a publicity stunt than she said they before they commented on it. reality show to like live in the woods with no clothes on for three months or something. What the fuck? Like this would be perfect for us. She is a walking reality show. Yeah. Just... Yeah. She also defines that someone can go down so much the second you hear their voice. Because <laughs> when she starts talking, it is horrendous. <laughs> I mean, she's done well though. She did the um, she did the dancing with the dancing stars with in America. Band, yeah, she came second. So like any, you can always plug her into like a kind of a decent fight, like a fight night card and whatnot. Yeah. And sell. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would have just avoided 
mentioning anything about it if I was Paige. What this is, I didn't have this headline down, but Curtis Blades made the headlines this week when he said that there's too many female MMA fighters who are getting by solely for their looks and not for the fact that they're making any improvements as a fighter. And he then, someone questioned him on it, and he said, you look at someone like Pearl Gonzalez, I see her constantly up on my feed, just taking pictures in her bikini. When you look at her fight three years ago and now, and she's still nothing but something like a sloppy-footed brawler. <laughs> and Blimey. He, she replied to it and they kind of had a back and forth on uh, Twitter if I find exactly what it was because it got a bit heated. Um, here we go. Yeah, they talk among themselves but don't do that. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> the awkward silence she, yeah she then tweeted uh indirect indirecting him a fighter complaining how my looks keep me relevant and that my skills haven't improved the fact you are today years old and still can't speak a full sentence blows my mind because he's, he's got a speech impediment <laughs> he replied and said i've got a speech impediment that's why my sentences don't sound as clear as normal people's what's your excuse for your lack of growth in mma she carried on with a speech impediment (laughs) that is exactly an excuse I'm a convicted felon and I've read more books than you have with your degree I've put in work every single day in every area of my life including my sport I'm persistent and consistent in my growth he went on about his speech impediment again and quick question though where is he ranked at the moment in terms of the division second I think second they just knocked out JDS yeah, but I so mean, it, that doesn't impress anyone anymore. It does. If Stipe, then DC, then Curtis Blades, I'm almost said. Uh, you don't think Francis is ahead of Blades? He's beat him twice. You may well be right, because he has beat him yeah. twice, yeah. I mean, they're not half a I think Blades, Blades, Blades Miocic is a good fight. <laughs> I'd like to see that. That was booked um, for when... Uh, Miocic lost to DC the first time and then he rejected it and said he'd only, he'd only fight for the belt. So. Yeah. That is true. There are some people in the UFC who, I mean, as much as I don't want them cut from the UFC, Rachel Ostovich is terrible. Hayes Van Fan isn't great. Yeah. But is there a depth, is there enough depth in the division to cut these? fighters um, in the female divisions I mean I don't want to be harsh I don't think you need to shoehorn a women's fight onto every card if the quality isn't there but then I also don't want there to be like the division they made for Cyborg just well they made the division just for Shevchenko as well actually which is irritating yeah that division is shambolic I, I, I agree with that but then at the same time I also would say that you could put someone. You could put. We just said you could put Paige Van Zandt on a like a fight night card, and people will watch that. But that also gives other female fighters the opportunity to get more eyes on them. Um, so I don't really have too much of a problem with it. Well, that's what made me think because she posted a face off uh, 
two days ago from her fight with Rachel Ostovich. And if she wasn't cringing up already, I don't know what she was trying to say. She said, good thing we're so pretty. It's going to make when we punch each other in the face hurt a lot less, but that much hotter in caps lock. Hashtag pretty and strong. Fucking hell. <laughs> Love to see it. She is just awful. Because you get people like Rory's girl, like Roxanne Modafferi, you don't I do that. I thought you were going to say something. It's <laughs> an absolute someone from Dragon Ball Z. Honestly, I've never met a more annoying fighter in my life. Just, just listen to her. <laughs> Drives me mental. Beat my girl Macy Barber. I wasn't happy about that. Yeah, that was an absolute joke as well. When Barber's got an injured <laughs> knee, so they check checked her knee as if it's like a massive cut above her eye or something. <laughs> Like you would never get that. You'd never get that. That was so weird. Fight. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, ridiculous. The next headline here. Um, Johnny Hendricks said he would return to the UFC if they added a £175 division. Yeah, that's the problem. The last £5. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar in uh, weight classes. Junior Dos Santos says he would drop to 205 to fight John Jones. Christ. That's good of him. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Dana White oh, is yeah. afraid of what will happen next if he tries to rebook Khabib vs. Tony. Is he blaming the pandemic on <laughs> Khabib vs. Tony? You can't blame him, though, can you? <laughs> It'll be for the sixth time. Um, yeah. Can't blame the guy. It's... Most stressful when... fight. Then he's just not an actor. This week? Sorry? What? Did anyone see the headline with Luke Rockhold this week? The story he told. He, he, he front kicked a lady that kind of yeah. ran at him like a zombie um, and tried um, to spread her germs or something. Yeah, <laughs> at him. He said she looked like she was like knocked out at a bus stop. And all of a sudden, like a zombie, he's seen her look up and just start charging at him, like hocking a ball of spit. And he said his instincts <laughs> kick in and he front kicked <laughs> in the chin. Several feet into the air, he said, spit went straight past him and landed, um, no, went straight up in the air and landed back on herself. And then he carried on his day, walked past. She was out. Then just, then just why do you say it's so casual? Like he, he just casually <laughs> walked past after that happened. <laughs> well, I saw the headline because someone did him dirty and it was like, um, Luke Rockhold admits to front kicking female zombies. Well, what the hell is going <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, that was a good headline. That's um, his first win in years. So good, yeah. Fair play to him. Mark Hunt on UFC 249. They don't give a shit if fighters die. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, in, in, but the, uh, the, the they threw him with that. Brock off his head. <laughs> <laughs> he must have got a good payday for that. <laughs> Yeah, and then he lost it all, suing the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> Last headline, um, Stephen A. Smith on Cerrone saying he didn't show up at UFC 246. I told you so. <laughs> Fuck's sake. That Cerrone interview did irritate me a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Stephen A. Smith should ever be there. I mean, when you look at someone like Joe Rogan, obviously has a wealth of knowledge and is presenting. You respect that. Stephen A. Smith, you don't. But, Bert yeah, Goldie clearly right. And nothing Stephen A. Smith has ever said is as bad as 
Dominic Cruz saying that McGregor was just reeling Khabib in. He's just trying to tire him out. He's just trying to tire him out. <laughs> That's the plan all along. So oh, Rogan replies, I don't agree, Tom. I think he's getting absolutely <laughs> smashed. <laughs> it's probably more accurate. UFC 249 this weekend then. The first thing I'll say to you three and anyone else from England in particular that's tuning in starts at 11 o'clock on Saturday night and that's if you are desperate to see the fighters come back then you can get UFC Fight Pass hopefully they can give us a sponsorship for this. 5.99 I think it is but you'll get an extra hour and a half of fights before it starts on TV so it is definitely worth it. Because you're, you're going to have like a, a 30 day free trial. I'm not sure if you. I'm not sure if you can. They used to. But I don't know if they still do it or not. If not, they do have. They just added um, like a library of films. They bought like every cheesy kung fu movie that's been made and put them up on UFC Fight Pass as well. Like that's their new selling point. But they've got Chael's submission underground on there on Sunday nights, which is still going ahead. You've got every Pride, UFC, WEC event ever, and you get the extra hour and a half of fights before it kicks off on TV. So, so it officially starts at half nine or it officially starts at 11? So it starts pass. at 11 on Fight Pass. Oh, okay. It makes more sense. And the fights that you, you'll miss if uh, you don't see them. So if we run through the card and for the notable fights, we give our predictions and what we think of each one. So... The UFC clearly thought the best way to introduce fights back to everyone after so long out was a Sam Alvey fight to kick things off. <laughs> so we've got friend of the pod, Sam Alvey against Ryan Spann to kick things off. So you can expect not a lot of activity and then Alvey to throw a few haymakers at the end of each round. And hopefully <laughs> yeah, out. to be fair, Spann has got some serious power though. He Alvey's one of them who the only time I can remember him getting properly starched was when I needed him for three figures to be a uh, little nog and he somehow got chinned yeah. <laughs> in Brazil. You got that you got that first, then you've got one of the sleeper fights of the card in Bryce Mitchell against Charles Rosa. I don't know why this is on the fight past prelims. I was batting Bryce Mitchell on my hacker. Bryce Mitchell, he got interviewed. Uh, I think someone tweeted him actually asking how desperate can you be for money that you're willing to fight in the middle of a pandemic and all of this. And he said, I nearly ripped my nutsack in half. That <laughs> 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 scares me. But he's still saying that they're not giving him camo shorts, so he's not too happy. But that's going to be a great fight because on the feet, they're both excited and then the scrambles the last time we saw Bryce Mitchell was when he sunk in a twister. Yeah, I think that'll be a good fight. I think Bryce Mitchell wins, but it'll be a fun one. Charles Rosa is quite a long guy for the division as well, isn't he? Yeah. Some, one of the worst things you can do there is go to the ground with Mitchell. I know that he's more notable for it now, but up until now, he hasn't really been respected there. It's been that that's where he'd prefer to be but he's not really been given credit for that, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, both 
about about in jiu-jitsu, I think, when I was looking at the fight earlier today. He's one, and I know you just did it for most people in the UFC, but he's one of those kind of dogged guys that you are going to have to put to sleep if you want him to stop coming forward and harassing you as well. He's just got some talent to go with it, because usually that you get that with the ones that are going to pop up the bottom of the card, face someone like Zabit for the first 20 fights of his career, and then get cut. Yeah. You've also then got Vicente Luque against Nico Price on the fight path prelim. Good fight. Friends of the pod. Yeah, two friends of the pod. You're right. Conflict of interest. Although, um, I did try and get Nico Price on this episode and he didn't answer my message. So I thought we were boys, but obviously not quite what I thought. (laughs) So Vicente Luque. (laughs) <laughs> does answer every call so he might have to get uh, the favour for this fight so you're taking Vicente based off of friendship I think Vicente wins either way but look Vicente he's a man that always answers the phone and I can't ask <laughs> much more than that that's true <laughs> that's true top of the prelims then we have Uriah Hall against my man Jacare Souza. One second. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> your dinner's ready. <laughs> yeah. Is anyone picking your eye hall here? Oh, I bloody Jacare hate your eye hall. Last two. I'm hoping that Jacare can get him down and if not, submit him, at least get two rounds on the board. You you can get the quit out of your eye hall as well. Yep. 100%. If he mounts him and lands a few shots, he's given up his back and he's letting the neck be taken but remember we were watching CK I think we both went against him when he fought uh, Von Lewis where he was peppering him up he's the guy that looks like uh, John Jones and then Uriah Hall starched him with about 15 seconds left he's another classic Akabuster one or the other yeah. <laughs> he is 100% and he said after I think it was like his friend had cancer or something he was like he channeled that energy into me you could have said this beforehand <laughs> or we went in there expecting you to roll over we'll know where Jacare's at by the end of it because if he loses he really is done because yeah he lost the five rounder with um, Jack Manson and then he lost the five rounder with um, what's his name Jan Blahovic like, like that is you can kind of see but Uriah Hall is the calibre of opponent you'd normally eat alive so yeah the fact that the he's game plan. the odds are nearly even is reflective. It's going to be a fight I leave well alone. Obvious, shouldn't it? Because it should be Jacare is going to try and make the most of the activity that he can muster, get him to the ground, even if he just holds him down. And then Uriah Hall's going to be trying to twitch on his toes and just pepper him and hopefully not come in with that big right hand or a takedown. Yeah. Yep. Who are you picking, Rory, if you had to put your life on the line? I would never put my life on the line with you, at Hall. Never put it in his hands. So on that basis, free, I'd have to go for Sousa. you got a free if you can pick the winner. Yeah, I'll, you, go, I'll go for Jacare purely on the basis I, I would like to see him win. The Alligator. Two of my favourite guys on this card. My prelims on the main card. You've then got 
Carlo Esparza and Michelle Waterston, who both always seem to make their fights competitive, no matter who they're against, whether they should win or should lose. And always seem to find their way higher up on the card than you question if they should be. I'm sure this is actually Groundhog Day, and every card actually has Carla Spars versus Michelle Watson on it <laughs> at some point. And we just we go again and again with these two. Carla Spars just... is a very trappy one to get right as well. She's gritty. She's not overly technically brilliant. She's a weird... She's a wrestler, but not a strong wrestler, if you know what I mean. Like she get she get them down, but she sometimes struggles to hold people down. I always think. Remember how human you were when uh, I back to to beat your girl. Who was that? I forgot her name, so I was hoping to <laughs> trigger it. They're, they're like female Nate Diaz, trained by Buckholz. You know what I mean. Cynthia Calvillo. Cynthia Calvillo <laughs> came to me right in time. Yeah. Female Nate Diaz. Yeah, I knew you meant that. She's walking around like the moodiest face <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, I think she, Carla Esparza has done me a few times, I think. I never go when um, Randa Marcos fights. I'd never touch it because she well, that was, that was one that she actually did me where I backed Esparza when she got beat by Randa Marcos. And then more <laughs> recently, she's beat two people I've been on. That Grasso one being the worst. <laughs> where Grasso absolutely that, that pepped her up for one round and couldn't quite get another round in the books. So after that, then you've got Alexei Olenek against uh, Fabrizio Vadum. Don't expect much output in that one. <laughs> to be fair, I actually, you questioned me when I went for Vadum earlier. I actually see him as being one of the bankers of the evening. I didn't question you. Oh, I thought you were just saying, as in. No, I, I gave you that. The emoji was like, if I could punch him, I would. Oh, I get you. I get you. I just don't I do see how... Like well. I just do not see how, in any way, Olenek's a very trappy, horrible, somehow always seems to get a submission. There is no way on this earth he is submitting for doom. Those could be famous last words, but I, <laughs> because I said there's no way on earth that he knocks out Mark Hunt when I needed it for a big win. No, there is oh, there is he knocks out Mark Hunt. There is no way on this earth he submits. If you'd been asked whether he was more likely to submit the doom or knock out Mark Hunt, you would have said submit the doom, surely. No, no chance. The doom's like one of the best grapplers to ever break MMA. So it's Olenek, that, uh, I forgot what it's even called. Ezekiel. Yeah, I just remember because they called it the uh, Olenek show, they started calling it. He's if he gets that on the Doom. He's three and three in his last six, and has been knocked <laughs> out three What's times. What's the Doom? I'll tell you now. I haven't got it to hand. It's going to be like five and one, I'm sure, but <laughs> I, I chuck it straight back. <laughs> yeah, for Doom. <laughs> The Doom is um, three and three. I do like it when <laughs> there we go. But he, he has he has been beaten by Miocic <laughs> and Volkov in that time. It's not bad. And he got that, he did get beat Volkov by Overeem. Was good. That was in London, wasn't it? The Volkov fight was yeah. Yeah. 
I quite like it when you match these heavyweight stuff. You match them up properly and just match the guys that either just have no disdain for defence or you can match up some of the good grapplers. It's when they match up like a low-output prospect against a journeyman with a chin, which yeah. is what they seem to do to Arlovsky. And it's like, what are you doing to us here? I think the, the good thing is with Verdum or back in Verdum, you kind of think, oh, well, he is a bit over the hill now. Then you think, well, Olenek is also about 58, so <laughs> yeah, he, he should he's be all really right. Yeah, he's got no chin left either. <laughs> I mean, Verdum's proficient standing up. He's not too bad. Like, he's got a nice bit of Muay Thai background. He's got the one-two low kick pretty nailed. But on the ground, he's just so good on the ground. I mean, he'd like, he, he, he pulled guard on, on people. He's yeah. pulling guard on sort of 250-pound men. He did it to Walt Harris, didn't he? Walt Harris stepped in like on on the day's notice when he was meant to fight... Um, yeah, that was like the quickest arm bar ever. <laughs> yeah. Top of the prelims, then, you've got Cerrone against Pettis. I was thinking, I mean, Cam says, what a fight. This is arguably the least excited I've ever been for either of them to fight. <laughs> I'm who, who excited because you know you're going to get value for money, though, don't you? Pettis yeah. is winning this. Pettis yeah. wins, you reckon? Yeah. I'm going I with agree. that. With my chest. As long yeah. as he puts one left shin on Cerrone's face, he wins. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Pettis has got more one bang left in him than Cerrone has. Cerrone yeah. is irritating when you bat against when you bet against one Laka though. I've never felt so embarrassed as when I've picked Mike Perry to beat him. <laughs> and then it cost my after. I was livid with myself. I was on um oh what's his name? Your boy, Byron, Alex, um Alex Hernandez. He was Christ. meant to be on this card. And he cracked him once and I thought, here we go. And yeah. then after that, he just absolutely got mauled. I can't remember all where I was going. It was it might have been when I went to Marseille. So I was fuming because watching that in the airport, on uh, on the way down to the airport, it felt like it had ruined my trip beforehand. Because I'd gone all in when he was giving him the trash talk beforehand. Saying, you get your hat on and say, yee-haw. Say all this. Oh, this is the best trash talker in the UFC, and you're going to see this tomorrow <laughs> night. Uh, it just did not go well. Um, I the thing is, I, I think with Cerrone's comments about when he had the McGregor fight, I know this is nowhere near the same caliber of opposition, you could say. Um, but it just sounds like he's got one foot out the door, which you don't really want to hear before a fight. So. No. With that in mind, I would definitely say Pettis to take that. And I would Isn't say by KL. Did you pick Ray Janelle to beat Cerrone? Sorry? I'm sure it was Rory. Yep. No, I don't think so. I'm sure it was. And I'm sure it was when we had our uh, thing on the app. And then Cerrone literally butchered him. I don't think I even remember making a prediction for that fight. Certainly not on the pod. Maybe the most overrated bloke in the UFC, Ray Janelle. You hate him. I hate, I hate only because he's dealt with Kevin Lee. Tweet about him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's Kevin Lee's Huckleberry. That's all there is to it. Kevin Lee's your boy, isn't he, Byron? Kevin Lee um, said I was his brother, so we bonded. There. <laughs> 
Um, I don't turn my back on a brother. <laughs> well, not even now. Kevin Lee's still still my boy. When he when he puts it all together, <laughs> when when see what he can do. Hey, Rory, you said this before he fought your boy Gregor Gillespie. And yeah. Look what happened. Gregor wasn't quite ready. I think he was injured or something. Gregor thought and, he was fishing. And when Gregor puts it all together as well. You know. <laughs> when he finally works out that he needs to shoot constantly. He does my head his interviews thing. after the fight, usually, Gillespie. And he's like, you know I'm not going to call anyone out. It's like, give, give us a bit of personality at least. <laughs> He just loves. He just loves getting in there, earning a bit of money, and then pissing off for you. Was didn't he face um, Yatsi Medeiros on the same card as that Cerrone one? Because you messaged me, Rory, when my stream was cutting out. Like we've had fifteen minutes, and he's been down for like thirteen of them. And he'd land. Yeah, it was something. Fight. It was something ridiculous. Like they had the clocks playing of control to the actual fight clock, and there was about twenty six seconds difference. <laughs> It was just like <laughs> ridiculous. When we did our cards last week, I'd forgotten what a banger um, Yancy Medeiros against uh, one of my arch enemies, Brazilian Cowboy. Yeah, that was a good fight. And I was on Cam's uh, card on the prelims. Yeah, good pick, oh. Cam. <laughs> yeah. Is everyone picking Pettis? Because I, I thought that was a bold pick by me, and now we've all picked it. No, I did be another bad look for the pod. You say you, who are you picking, Roy? Yeah, I tentatively picked Pettis. All right. Top of um, the main card, then. First thing to say, people have been complaining that Greg Hardy is on the main card ahead of Cerrone Pettis. Don't understand that the top of the prelims is there to make you buy the pay-per-view, which is why yeah. you always have a good fight there. Some Let's people just skip just over the Greg Hardy that. fight on the basis no, of because, never... No, because I don't know if you realise this, the guy, never heard facing, the guy that Greg Hardy's facing, do you remember that guy that came in the UFC and he was like a um, tied two of us a lookalike? He's got like the same tattoo and that bloke slumped him with the check hook on the way in. <laughs> no. If you see it, then you'll be more excited for this fight. Well, I've got no idea who he is. You've got him slumping Hardy, have you, Bo? Well, I thought that Volkov would, and then he was quite disappointing. Yeah, true. Or just jabbing him for five rounds. Do you, question: Do you think Americans by have a massive interest in Greg Hardy in the UFC? Do you think there's kind of an audience for him? Yeah, because they yeah. either tune in to see him get slumped, or they tune in because they know who he is. And uh, do you not think? Yeah, I'm just, I don't, I'm not sure if like the novelty of him fighting it's kind of worn off for me now. Like, I, was, I was impressed with how he did against Volkov, but um, I'm not like tuning in to see him get slumped. I just think he's a fighter there now, you know? He's not fighting yeah. elite opposition in this fight, but. I thought you were in touch with our American market, Cam. We were going to go to you for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Rory, I'm not, look at your phone. Sure. Huh? Look at your phone. I've sent you the bloke that he's facing, and you'll remember him. Okay, bear with. But private I'll, private I'll, messaging I'll, during the call. No, no, it's in the pod shop. Yeah. Um, but that that should be fun because if anything, Greg Hardy, his fights so far have been that they've been so bad that they have been somewhat entertaining. 
which is after it's gone past the round and he's been knackered. Then he got what DQ'd in the first one, cheated in the second one by having an inhaler. Yeah, <laughs> that was just ridiculous. Did you, you watch that story to see what it is? Yeah, well, I know who you're on about now. Yeah. Do you, know what I think, do you know what I think they should actually do, right? Is it in, in is just give give him Alistair over him and let him get eaten up by Alistair. <laughs> Seriously. People up by that one. That would be good. But I think they're gonna they're hoping for him to get a decent win. So then they have the opportunity to put him in there with a the killer and they can do what they need to do. Hardy yeah. has Sucks up to Dana quite well, though, so Dana might spare him. <laughs> up next, then, on the main card, you have Jeremy Stevens against uh, Calvin Cater, which is a great fight. Yeah, very, hardest very looking forward to this one. Hardest hitting 145er <laughs> against Jeremy Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird double act Jeremy Stevens and uh, Dominic Cruz are. He was doing the face-off thing for um, Garbrandt against Cruz, and uh, Jeremy Stevens was doing the like drill with Taylor, hold me back. <laughs> I mean, he was trying to run into the other room to scrap Cody. Sick. <laughs> Such a weird pairing. You wouldn't put them together, would you? No. Not, mind you, I'm not sure I'd put Dominic Cruz with full stop, actually. To be fair, they might both be part of the shit trash-talking club. <laughs> uh, if you're ever having a bad day, you should go back and watch the trash-talking from Garbrandt and uh, Cruz, because it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's like so bad. Painful. <laughs> it's so bad it's uh, worse than the way Cody's like, gone since that fight <laughs> like, uh, when this fight's finished I'm going to leave a mess all over your face <laughs> <laughs> Cody, you know, Cody's like I've never had to chase pussy in my life and I don't intend to do it this time <laughs> and King Cruz goes what are you talking about <laughs> to which Garbrandt just always replies what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> I've got to say I was watching um, a video of like old Tito Ortiz Ken Shamrock like their feud <laughs> and the, the trash talk Ken Shamrock gives on that is so cringeworthy it's it's honestly it's horrific if you get a chance you should definitely watch the, it the Tito ones where he just says the completely wrong thing is always hilarious <laughs> It's a huge head to Ortiz as well. Huge Dana head. getting asked who if if he had to be on a desert island with Arahawani <laughs> Tito Ortiz. <laughs> or who was the third one? Um Delahoya, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Delahoya. Yeah. <laughs> I'd kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was famously like he started training to fight Tito Ortiz in a boxing match. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who who are you picking for Stevens Cater? Cater KOs him. Still livid that he didn't do that to the beat. Cater KOs him. Yeah, I'll I take Cater. So. I really do hope so. I don't think it'll but, be early. I think it'll be sort of end of second, start of the third. Yeah, I hope so. But take it'll be a good about, fight. Take him two and a half minutes for Jeremy Stevens to blow his load and then it'll be just a one-sided contest, I think. 
I don't think we need much of a technical breakdown for Ngannou against the Rosenstrike. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to hearing it with no crowd. <laughs> yeah, I think Ngannou lands first. Yeah, I think Ngannou wins. wins, but I think the odds are quite good on Ngannou, aren't they? No, I think they're, they're pretty, pretty skimpy, mate. For just bearing in mind that Rosenstrike could smash anybody in the world. Yeah, don't remind me after Overeem best. Yeah, the worst bit I cashed out as well, and I was like, Overeem's absolutely pulverized, and what a great cash out! Turned well, it over. A good out. <laughs> turned it over. Uh, what's for, uh, Hong Kong Vars turned it back, and he's been slumped. <laughs> Is anyone picking Rosenstrike? No. So who did, Cruz? Oh, sorry, TK. I was going to say, I do think, like you said, you're, you're going back to the odds. In a fight where it is literally just whoever lands first, it does seem pretty crazy that... I know Ngarni is the recognised name and the more established, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if we, on Sunday, we're talking about the fact that Rosenstrike laid him out. Ngarni has a chin as well, though. If you watch back the first round of the True. DK fight... DK yeah. caught him with a banger that he put his whole weight behind and he just takes it. My yeah, considering everyone said he was out on his feet, he does manage obviously to get through it, doesn't he? So my only worry would be is if we somehow got the Ngannou who fought Derek Lewis. Don't, I don't think that'll happen again. I don't think only well. only because it's the first time he's probably been back in with a proper puncher. Who was that guy that night? Did he just get like a? Has he got a twin? <laughs> he just dragged it. Is it like it was like Ronaldo from the nineteen ninety eight World Cup final? Or you got Ali Deer in there for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's my only concern. If, if we get, if he somehow gets like flashbacks to being pepped a few times, will he close up? And if you're going to be gun shy against anyone, this would be the sort of guy you'd think. Yeah, yeah you don't want it to be against yeah. the guy that no, smashed you a few times. Exactly. I mean, yeah, he, he did fight JDS, but I mean, he's gone a little bit. And other yeah, than that, he, exactly. he's never going to be worried he's about your boy Kane as well. Yeah, I know, but Kane, it was the ten, injury. Ten years too late. <laughs> Before yeah, Kane, you leave us, Rory, came five years ago. He would have absolutely pulverised Ngannou. We'll never know, will we? No, we won't. <laughs> Before Before you leave us, make the case for Dominic Cruz beating Henry Cejudo. Oh God, <laughs> there is zero case. He gets beat. Zero case. Wow. Dominic Cruz That's gets disrespectful. The only way that Cruz somehow beats him is if he manages to run away long enough and jab him three times around. Do you believe that ring rust exists? Not if I'm Dominic Cruz, I don't. Um, I, for, 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 the good thing for Cruz, he's, he's won off long layoffs before. Do, yeah, would you say... Yeah, because the loss to Cody was pretty... It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a KO loss, was it? It was a completely outclassed. Yeah. I don't think ring rust exists to the extent that it's made out to. No, it doesn't. I don't think it does because you've been sparring for like eight weeks. That's what I don't understand. I don't understand why the sparring doesn't help, but getting in there, if you're Danny Garcia, and knocking out, I forgot the bloke's name, that he starts because I tweeted about the bloke and he found it. Then <laughs> he had nightmares about him. Anyway, I can't see why getting him with a knockover job helps to helps get rid of ring rust. So it can't be that much of a thing if it's that easy to get rid of. I mean, it must be. It must be even less of a thing when there's no crowd. 
I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is he is older as well. And I, mean, I think Cejudo wins. As active as Cejudo's been, because Cejudo's been super active, hasn't he, um, over the past couple of years. I, I just think he's riding such momentum. I don't see, I don't see any way Cruz wins. Is he mm. going to finish him? Uh, I take Cejudo finished by ground and pound. Take him down. Better wrestler. Yeah, definitely get him down, I think. And then, again, you're going off, you're coming off of, a, I know he came off the layoff to beat Dillashaw, which was, how long, how long ago was that? Three, four years ago? Yeah, I was still a unit, yeah. so it was like yeah. four years ago. So then you're coming back into a five-round fight. It's not a three-round fight, it's five rounds against a, a fighter that's likely going to take you down, suck your energy, etc. I just don't think it's a good matchup for Cruz. But if he wins it, all credit to him. I love him too as well. Zahuda is so fucking annoying though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, his face just annoys me. When he was yeah. trying to charm one of the Bella twins. He almost did. Um, she, was, she was pregnant I'd, a week later. I'd be very down to see Dillashaw Zahuda rematch at Bantamweight. Never forget, I picked my man Henry there and didn't get the credit I deserved. Early just trying stoppage. to be- just trying to be different, weren't he? <laughs> no, Henry, Henry was my boy, and then he became this freak that he is now, so it's a bit harder to root for him. But, yeah, would you say he... Not yet, but let's say he beats Dominic Cruz. How does he compare to Mighty Mouse, then? He'll have a better resume. Would you say, he probably uh, already has a better consider. resume. Probably does, yeah. Mm. He has Mighty Mouse on it. And a Dillashaw yeah. win. And Marlon Marais. Mm. <laughs> I think he's got to go and beat... I think he's got to go and beat Cruz. And then maybe like a... a Jan. But that's Jose the one people are avoiding, isn't it? Jose Aldo. He needs to go and fight another couple of big established stars. Before... You uh, leave us, Rory. Ferguson yeah. Gaethje. Talk us through it. Gaethje wins the first round. Gaethje starts looking like he is going to win the second round. And then Ferguson just does his normal... Somehow makes your face like a butcher's block. <laughs> with what does look like overly hard shots. Um, and I think he uh, finishes him in the fourth round. Incorrect. <laughs> You're going to say you think Gaethje wins and Gaethje wins early, which is just ludicrous. Gaethje wins in one. Jesus. Name me a good fighter that Gaethje has actually beaten. Look at his resume. Barboza. Barboza gets beat up by everyone these days. Cowboy. <laughs> Cowboy's chinny as anything. Michael Johnson. Again, probably got a 15 and 11 record. Uh, yeah, one of them on that record is Tony Ferguson. Yes. <laughs> about, MMA seven years, about seven years ago. MMA math never fails. And it was a split, if I remember correctly. Look, 
Tony gets caught. He's doing a double weight cut, which isn't going to help your resistance. He marches forward, and he can't march forward against Gaethje like that. Gaethje is better coming forward. Gaethje is not a back foot fighter, and we will see that. Gaethje's had longer to train now as well. And those legs of Tony that are already struggling, once them leg kicks start piling in, game over. Yeah, similar to how mm. they probably did with Eddie Alvarez, and then look how Gaethje ended. That's the he underground thing. You can't, you can't make comparisons. Interesting to see how Ferguson's, you know, he did the weight cut for no reason. That is, is the that only question come back mark in my him, mind. Yeah. I, don't, uh, see you I don't, don't think it's that big of an issue when you see that people do fight in quick succession. Mm. Usually they're cutting less weight, so it depends how much Tony... I don't, I don't, think, he, I don't think he would have gone up a lot. Even if you don't go up a lot, it's harder to go straight back down. Yeah, mm. I get that, but I, I imagine he's only probably put on about four or five pounds. But then he probably hasn't returned to his kind of like full capacity. If there is a fighter that I wouldn't want to fight in that division on short notice, it would be Gaethje. Mm. I just think the knockout power he's got—that's like that can—that's the concern. And Ferguson does get hit. He doesn't move his head. Ferguson <laughs> does get hit, but he has never really—he never really looked in trouble, has he? Um, he looked in trouble, he looked in trouble against Valant. Was it Valant? I can't remember. Vanatta. Vanatta. Mm, I wouldn't say. Look, I don't think he looks quick. in trouble. He's just, he's just a gritty fighter, isn't he? He just. And so Gaethje, but Gaethje's better at it. I don't think he is. You don't think Gaethje is better in a dogfight? No, not when he's been slept with a few times. I'm not. I'm, I wouldn't he, 100% he's fought agree with that. Competition yeah. than Tony has. He's fought what? He's fought better competition than Tony don't has. Speak, Tony I, was in there. Don't speak bollocks. Tony's been in there with your boy Kevin Lee. He has. And when he puts it all together. <laughs> <laughs> Think about who Ferguson's actually beaten. Your man's coming off a win against James Vick. Yeah. Bum. Ferguson's coming off a win against Cowboy. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, but he's beaten RDA. You ought to think he's he's sub Barboza. He's even beaten like your likes. He's even beaten legends. Gaethje dealt with Barboza in thirty seconds. Yeah, but that was Barboza of twenty fifteen compared to Barboza who's chinny as shit. He's got a better coach in his corner. Lionheart. <laughs> Ferguson, I imagine Ferguson's just uncoachable. That's a genuine question. Are they going to let Eddie Bravo be cage side if he refuses a corona test? I don't know. Have you, seen what those, have you seen what the tests are like? They look absolutely horrific. Yeah. And Eddie what Bravo, was it? They put a swab right to the very back of your nose. Ugh. I mean, to be fair, if it... It's a small, small measure, really, isn't it? But even still, who, who are the rest of you picking for the main event? Um, 
I, I, I will take Ferguson, um, and I'll take it in round four. Correct. By, do- by doctor's stoppage. Very specific. I don't think you can take Gaethje out like that. I think the doctor. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> well, if Gaethje knows that he's in danger of that happening, then he goes for broke before that. It wouldn't be his decision, would it? He'd still go for broke, and then he'll just get hit more. It doesn't necessarily put him out. Yeah, so I mean, he's more likely to get knocked out than yeah, he is yeah, to yeah. stop it. I'm not sure. Does Tony have many knockouts on his, win- on his record, though? He grinds you down, which is my thing, because I don't think you can put a pace on Gaethje. I, I disagree. I do think as much as get he does keep coming forward... But he comes forward at a such a slower rate. Even look at the Michael Johnson fight. By the end, by that second round, he is beginning to slow down. Alvarez, he definitely slowed down. That was the first down. fight in the UFC, though. Alvarez, he definitely slowed down. There is fights that have gone longer than you know a couple of rounds. But the the Alvarez fight was that kind of fight, and he didn't he didn't go out. He went out for body shots there, and if I can't see. Well, Tony he hasn't went, demonstrated he went out that before. He got landed with a huge knee. Yeah, but he, the body shot softened him, and then he went to go for a takedown. Yeah, I just think Ferguson will. I think Ferguson carries deceptive power. I think we've clearly seen that. Yeah, definitely. I think I Ferguson, just, if Tony I just, marches forward like he's done his last two fights, because he was getting peppered by Cerrone in the first round. Mm. If you watch your back. And then the second round, he just puts a pace on Cowboy that he can't cope with. But I, even by Gaethje's own recognition, he says that may well happen after two, three rounds of this fight. He says he's got 20 minutes. <laughs> a man who says he's got 20 minutes has probably realistically got about 12. I'm not sure Tony lasts that 12. I, I think if Ferguson gets out of the... First round, if slaughter Gaethje. If he tries that rolling stuff, that's not going to freak Gaethje out either. Because Gaethje no. will try to do a front flip on top of him while he's rolling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Ferguson beats It's such a great fight considering it's a, it's a better backup fight. fight. Tony Khabib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a style matchup, I think. Which we don't deserve, Dana. Dana is the perfect man for this. <laughs> Which, Rory, do you have to go or are you sticking around? Just I'll stick around on? for as long as possible. All right, because I've seen people criticising Dana through this whole kind of scenario, saying that he's not the man you want representing your company, he, he's too reckless and all of this. I think people already have such a opinion of cage fighting as it is that for a certain amount of people, that's not going to change. And so on top of that, the good thing about the UFC is we get these fights and Dana is the dictator of the UFC and he does keep these fighters in check. And so that maintains what we like about the UFC. So I think he's the perfect guy. Yeah, I think he's good for business. He's good for that business. You probably don't think if you're 
a fighter lower down the card who's getting paid for. Oh, absolutely. Probably not, not. But, but for the fans, yeah, for sure. Good for the business, though, in sense of like, I mean, you've only got to look at when he came in and when he's uh, when he's um, where they are now. Yeah. He is the face. He is the man that's at every event. Well, he he is kind of like the fan that's in charge. He's not like a promoter first. So yeah, he's happy to yeah. make the fights like eight against Jorge because he doesn't want to see that fight. And so you get yeah. that kind of thing. Very true. Very, very true. Yeah. Um, I was reading the... Well, listening to the Michael Bisney, Bisney uh, autobiography the other day. Um really good one would recommend and he was uh, in that there's a bit where I think Bisbee had just started out and Dana White could tell he was financially struggling so he just sent him 10 grand and said go get your kids something nice for Christmas so little things like this that go behind the scenes that I think people may not necessarily hear about etc um, I think he looks after the fighters quite well I think he looks after certain fighters I'm not sure yeah. that well, I'm not sure Random Marcos mentioned earlier. I'm not sure she's earning that, but I mean, yeah. he, he treats the right guys right. So again, he, he does what he needs to do. But he also doesn't take much shit, does he? No, that's from fighters, you know. I think unless your name's Conor McGregor, you can't really give him much shit. Colby tried when he filmed him playing poker with that hooker. <laughs> Last last thing I had here, and I mean we can we can do something else after the fights we do because we've got another two cards um, just coming next week alone. So we've got we're gonna have like a, a barrage of events now, and Dana said they're keeping the exact same number that they were contracted to. So if you could make a any fight realistically before the end of the year, what would you make? Just one. Well, you can have several. I didn't know uh, if you had them. So, I mean, I've got five. If you can reel them off, if you have a couple. Uh, I would... One that springs to mind, I would go Adesanya, John Jones. I don't think that's unrealistic in this day and age. And I'd be interested to see that. And I'd like... I think John Jones shuts him down very quickly, but I just want to see it because the build-up would be pretty epic. They've priced that up with the with the bookies saying they they expect it to happen before the end of the year. Probably going to be a benefit of neither having many other options to face. So there's uh, Paolo Costa for um, Yeah, but also the way that Jones looked against Reyes, the promoters might be thinking, you know, the mystique of John Jones is that people no one's beaten him, etc. He didn't look that. He didn't look invincible against Reyes. People thought he lost the fight. So now might be the time to pull that trigger and get that big pay per view in. So he didn't have a great time against Santos before that. So is it? Oh. Is he starting to slide? Yeah. Just kind of make it more appealing to watch a John Jones fight though in this kind of time because you know you're gonna have more of a fight in your hand. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. But then he looked great against Anthony Smith. Justice the fight. Justice. Just of something look great against. So uh, Jones is definitely that fighter that almost fights to the level of opposition, or I would say almost trains to the level of opposition. So if he, I think if he knew it's like a hard fight now, like Gustafsson, I think he 
must have trained his ass off for that one. Went in there, starched him. The others, I don't think he didn't go out drink driving that week. Yeah, exactly. Um, what are yours? Discipline. Uh, I still love to see Covington Woodley. I think it's the biggest mistake the UFC have made in recent history that they decided to not wait for Colby and instead made the Usman fight because that was a big fight at the time. There was interest in it and neither had maybe disgraced themselves to the point they had now. So their heat was kind of at its <laughs> ultimate point and then they ruined it by letting both lose to other people. I, I, think, with Col- I think with Colby, people, people still just want to see him get beat up again. Yeah, I'd love perfect. to see him fight with Masvidal. Back on. He didn't apologise for anything after he lost. He actually doubled down, which is the best thing he could have done. You want to stay in character? <laughs> yep. I'd love to see Dustin against Nate still. I'm quite sure that I know who wins it, but I'd still like to see it. Are you going to say? Or are you going to leave I that, leave I that as Dustin, a mis- I think Dustin finishes it. Yeah, I don't think it'd be good for Nate at this point, would it? But I, I wanted to see Jorge Nate, and I was pretty confident I knew who won that one as well. So I was, it's one of them where if you put two guys like that in the octagon, then it's going to be entertaining. I hope we get Stipe DC3. I think we will, won't we? And I want to yeah. see the Korean zombie over five rounds with the beast. You horrible man. I want to see what happens when he's in there for five rounds. I think you know what happens if he's in there for five rounds. Because he's not telling me. Doesn't particularly enjoy three rounds. No. <laughs> Give me uh, Sahudo Volkanovsky. We want a triple time champion. Three belts. Then you can be triple. You want him with three belts. Three belts. And also, you know, with the size, we should win that fight. The pictures of Volkanovski when he was a rugby player, hilarious. Yeah, the legs. <laughs> what? Quadruple the size. It's yeah. literally as wide as he is tall. <laughs> so bizarre. Um, a fight I'd love to see, I don't think it would happen, would be Khabib Usman. Yeah. They mentioned that. They also mentioned Woodley again, Khabib, which doesn't do much for me. No. No. It's a lot easier to call out Khabib when he's not in your division and Dana's not going to book it, which is what we've seen. The same thing happened with uh, Lomachenko and Golovkin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, does anyone have anything to add? I mean, we got the fights this weekend, so we'll see how they go. We can jump back on if uh, we've got anything else to add for the cars next week. Um, not for me. Sound. Cheers for coming back on, Cam. Cheers to Rory, who's uh, left us now. TK will be back at the end of the week with our new series, which I'll put something on online about. And thanks again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. Great stuff. Great to be back. Thanks for having me. Cheers, guys.